Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Pro Basketball Talk podcast here at NBC Sports. I'm Kurt Heelan, Managing Editor of Pro Basketball Talk with you as always. And today, man, we're doing a podcast on maybe one of the wildest days the NBA has ever seen. The trade deadline of 2018 was absolutely unbelievable with the Cavs absolutely re, not just gutting and retooling their roster on the fly to try to compete this year and uh, keep LeBron James. It's insane. We're going to get into all that and break down the trade deadline with Dan Feldman from NBC Sports. Uh, first, though, just a reminder, go to applepodcast.com slash PBT on NBC to subscribe to this podcast. And also, when you're there, go to The Podium, which is the official podcast of the Winter Olympics from NBC Sports. All the insight, all the details from South Korea will be there. Lots of stuff coming from there. So you definitely want to check out that podcast as well called The Podium. You can get it on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. And without further ado, let's get into the NBA trade deadline. Dan Feldman, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Recovering from all the action. You, th- you know, you said it was so wild. I don't know if it was that wild outside of Cleveland, but Cleveland was probably enough to make up for relative calm everywhere else. Yeah, I, I suppose so. I do I do feel like trade drunk, though. Like, I'm just, like, <laughs> worn out from what was kind of just a wildly unexpected day. And if we're going to talk about this, we kind of got to start with the Cavs, right? I mean, that is the big move of the day, or big moves of the day. Just to refresh everybody's memory, I, we thought they'd made a huge move when they announced that they were trading Isaiah Thomas, Channing Fry, and their 2018 first-round pick, incredibly light protected it'll transfer this year to the lakers for jordan clarkson and larry nance we're like man they got younger they got more athletic that's a bold move like within what 20 minutes they (laughs) put together a three-team or announce a three-team trade with utah and kings just to be clear cleveland gets rodney hood and george hill and they clear up a couple roster spots so they can go after some guys on the buyout market utah gets jay crowder and Derek rose who's going to be released that's not part of their program we'll see if Jake Crowder can find himself there. Sacramento gets Amon Shumpert, Joe Johnson, who's going to probably want to buy out, and a 2020 second-round pick. Uh, Dan, I feel like Cleveland, I mean, I knew they had to do something. I didn't expect anything this bold, but I like it. I'm just not, we'll see if it works, but I like it. I, I'm, I'm conflicted. I go back and forth. I think it's about fair and uh, we didn't even get to what I think was the most shocking Cavs move Oh, yes, today. I didn't even mention. They traded Dwayne Wade to Miami for a second-round pick, which was basically a favor to Wade, right? I mean, like the look, yeah. you're, gonna, you're about to get squeezed. You want to go back to Miami? It's warm there. Um, <laughs> Gabrielle Union, very excited about that on Twitter. She, she was very excited to be going back. So, yeah, what did you think, though, Dan? I mean, 
it's hard to say whether this is good or bad. It's just now you've got to find out in 29 games what you really got. I like the second trade, the one with the Kings and Jazz, much more. I didn't like the Lakers trade at all. Uh, I think Jordan Clarkson probably has slightly negative, maybe closer to neutral value. Uh, to take him on in exchange for taking getting Larry Nance Jr., I think that makes some sense, except that the Lakers are going to try to be prime competition to steal LeBron, and you're helping them clear cap space. And then on top of that, the Cavs gave up their own first round or two. I think if they were willing to trade that pick, there were better pieces available without that long-term cost of the Jordan Clarkson contract, without helping a potential rival in the Lakers. Uh, one name I'd look at that seemed to be available if you're going to offer an expiring contract, like Channing Frye or Isaiah Thomas, who went to the Lakers, plus a first-round pick. Tyreek Evans, and I'm sure we'll get to him more later. Uh, but that second trade, I, I think, made more sense. It helps the Cavs in the backcourt where they've had a lot of problems. Uh, George Hill and Rodney Hood should both feel very energized to join a contending team based on where they were. Uh, they have chemistry playing together, and I think this that trade makes the Cavs better in the short term. But again, it comes with long-term costs. George Hill has a big salary next year, uh, at least two years from now. It's it's only a $1 million guarantee, but it's about $19 million, uh, I want to say, next year. And then Rodney Hood will be a restricted free agent, so if you want to keep him beyond this year, you're going to have to pay him too. Uh, I don't know how well this sets up for keeping LeBron. Well, I think it's going to be interesting if they don't. I think when you say they're taking on all this money, isn't that part of the point? You're going, look, LeBron, man, we are all in for the future. We got younger and more athletic with guys that you can grow with. Look, Clarkson should be better next year, and, and Nance is getting better. I mean, he'll be entering his third season, and you know we'll have Rodney Hood back, and look at this team we've put together that's look that's going to be you know much younger, much more athletic, much better than what they had. And I think, look, I'm with you on Clarkson. I see Clarkson as a solid NBA neutral kind of player, like an average NBA guard rotation player. That's a huge upgrade over what Rose and Thomas have been giving them of late. So... Like, I think that there's some upgrades there. They get more athletic. George Hill, George Hill's a guy who just, if he's close to his old self, if he finds his some sort of groove again, strikes me as a guy who could play really well off LeBron handling the ball. Can Their defense, look, the, the biggest problem with Cleveland is their defense has been genuinely horrific this year. I don't think it gets worse. I think it actually gets a little better with this group. It's, again, long, longer, more athletic. And they might actually try. We'll see. But they might actually try on defense. George Hill will help on defense. I don't think Jordan Clarkson will. I'm not sure he'll be better next year or the year after. And especially on this Cleveland team, I find him the most vexing element of all of this. Or maybe, I don't know. I don't even know how to rank it. Because you also have the Lakers being helped in this. And yes. you also have the Cavs sending their first-round pick to the Lakers. But Jordan Clarkson's fit on this team I, I don't know how well he plays with LeBron because we've seen enough Jordan Clarkson in different roles in Los Angeles to know that he is far better when the ball goes through him. Now, I think if he takes Dwayne Wade's role off the bench, he's the lead playmaker in those units. That could be good for him. It could be good for the Cavs. But if you're getting a guy who, whose main purpose is how he can help the team when LeBron sits, there's only so much value in that. When the games get important, LeBron's playing almost all the minutes. Yeah, exactly. When we get to the playoffs, there's still a heavy load on LeBron. I wonder how LeBron, I mean, he was, according to Ramona Shelburne and others, he was consulted about some of this stuff. He was or at least told, hey, this is what we're thinking, this is what we're doing. And by the way, I know we're trading your best friend LeBron, I mean, Dwayne Wade, 
But this is something Wade wants, and we're letting Wade make the decision. And what he, what's LeBron going to say to that? I mean, I think he knew Wade was not happy and was about to get squeezed. So I think I'm curious how LeBron takes this. But you asked the really big question, is that enough to keep him there? And if he leaves, you know, the Lakers now just have to wave and stretch Luol Deng, and they basically can and a couple other moves, and they can get to enough cap space to bring in Paul George and LeBron James. I still still don't think that happens. I still don't think they're both going to go there and play with, you know, Lonzo and Ingram and Kuzma and, and and say that's good enough. I'm not sure that that's going to be the pitch that wins LeBron this summer. But you are right. The Cavs the Cavs opened the door for a, com- a competitor. You know, it's a uh, <laughs> this is uh this is Steve Jobs letting Bill Gates walk through the Apple facilities back <laughs> in the day, man. Like you might not want to make that move. And, and it opens the door for 2019, which isn't exactly Cleveland's problem. But, but if we're shifting onto the Lakers, because yeah. Clarkson was under salary for two more years, uh, this trade opens the door for them. If they don't get LeBron and don't get Paul George, uh, they've already hinted that they might sh- show some patience to wait for 2019. Uh, because after that, the free agent class drops off this summer in a hurry. So if you don't get LeBron, you don't get Paul George, maybe you wait. Uh, that's not guaranteed to work out. But at least the, pay, the the Lakers are showing an inkling of, of patience. Yeah, I, well, I think that they've had thought that before. They've been they've been talking before about they. I don't know that we're getting LeBron, and I don't know that we're getting Paul George. That said, they've opened the door. But I don't. If they don't get those guys this summer, I think that they're going to be heavy again on one year deals and and counting on some internal development. That they're not going to tie up cap space for 2019 when it's. Kawhi Leonard, who is or is not happy in in San Antonio, but I, I boy, it's hard for me to see him leaving. But whatever, uh, Kai, you know, um, Clay Thompson. There's a, there's a whole ton that I'm probably just not going to list all of, but it's a really deep, good free agent class in 2019 as of right now. And if that sticks together, the Lakers can make their splash there. And by the way, by then, in theory, Ingram and Kuzma and and uh, the Lonzo Ball, not Lavara. Who cares about him? Lonzo Ball has taken a a bigger step forward and is kind of doing his own thing. By the way, I'm looking. F- if they don't, I know Isaiah Thomas might try to ask for a buyout. The Lakers don't sound like they want to give him. They like they want to give him minutes there. The first time Lavar showed throw shade at Thomas, like Thomas is just in the. I've been traded five times. I don't know that I want to be here now. I got to go through free agency this summer. He's not going to be in a good mood. It's going to be fun to watch Lavar try to throw shade at Thomas. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Lakers are trying to create this environment that is welcoming to these star-free agents, that is appealing, and, you know, they've finally just started to get past dealing with everybody on the team being upset that they're in trade rumors all the time and not part of the long-term future, and just understanding they need to buckle down and kind of coming to terms with that, and now you add this element to it. Uh, this could scare off free agents, and, you know, not just because of... Isaiah Thomas directly with LeVar Ball. If Isaiah Thomas isn't around past this season, if he was mostly an expiring contract, it's not that specific element, but it's just the overall perception of of there being headaches in Los Angeles. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the other teams in this deal, and I don't know that I love it for Sacramento, but I, who knows? I'm, like, I'm kind of neutral on it for them. What do you think, though, for Utah? I mean, Utah's won six in a row, been on a roll, making a push to get back into the playoffs, and now they've shaken up the roster a little bit with, the veteran Joe Johnson and Rodney Hood, who are two guys well-liked in the locker room and two guys who can shoot, are out the door. Yeah, but but they get Jay Crowder, 
who, yeah. when he was with Boston, was such a valuable player, one of the most valuable players in the league. He's still locked into his cheap contract for another couple years. And so to get him, you have to give something up. Uh, Joe Johnson was not going to be with the Jazz beyond the season, probably not even past the the buyout deadline if he stayed there. Rodney Hood, not a great fit with Donovan Mitchell. I doubt the Jazz wanted to pay to keep him this summer. So to get Crowder as a long-term piece, I think is worth it. I think it's the right time to buy low. And Quinn Snyder's system, I don't know what the problem with Jay Crowder has been with the Cavs. And that's a whole other element to this with the Cavs, is how this is. This is basically uh, admitting defeat on the Kyrie Irving trade on a lot of fronts. There, yes, today. it is. Uh, but I don't know what the problem with Jay Crowder's been with the Cavs. But maybe getting into Quinn Snyder's system will do him good. Well, I think Snyder's more disciplined defensive system than than I would say than Cleveland. Cleveland's <laughs> again. You have to actually try for me to know what the system is. So, um, <laughs> Cleveland's. You know, Crowder was so good in the structured Brad Stevens era in Boston. And I think, look, Quinn Snyder's a really good coach at putting guys in those kind of positions. And by the way, now, you can make some gambling plays. You can do some stuff on the perimeter. You can be aggressive because should your guy get by you, the the Stifle Tower is still back there. You know, uh, since he's come back, uh, Rudy Gobert's been fantastic defensively uh, since his return from the the second time with the knee injury. Um, and their defense in the last 10 games is actually under a point per possession. They are really, really valuable. So what about Miami out of this? They get Dwayne Wade. I mean, this is a team that had been really kind of obviously lost a few in a row, losing a lot of close games after winning a lot of close games, but you know, in danger of sliding out of the playoffs. They get Luke Babbitt for a little shooting. They make some moves. Do they, Did they do enough to kind of stem the tide, you think? I mean, maybe. Dwayne Wade is fine. He's still a capable player in a limited role. Uh, he can help them, especially with Deion Waiters sidelined. Yes. But it's all about managing expectations, and that's probably more for Wade than anybody else. If he fancies himself as somebody who's going to be their go-to player still, dominate their crunch time offense, it's going to go poorly. If he's just helping in small spurts here and there, it could be good. Yeah, it could work, too. It could work, too. I I think the other really surprising thing for me out of trade deadline day is some of the names we really expected to go didn't. Tyreek Evans is still in Memphis. Nobody would offer him a first-round pick. It's kind of what happened with Lou Williams um, is still a clipper because nobody would give up a first-round pick for him. That was a hard thing to move. I was surprised not to see, in particular, Memphis just kind of cave and take the two seconds. I was shocked Tyreek Evans wasn't traded. Of all the players in the league coming into today, there was nobody I I had a greater confidence would be traded. It made so much sense for the Grizzlies, and it's different than Lou Williams because Evans wasn't extension eligible, and the Lou Williams extension also happened because he was willing to accept a salary that's probably lower than what he could have gotten on the open market, Uh, and so the Clippers got something there. Uh, Evans was not eligible for an extension, it would it will be as easy for the Grizzlies to re-sign him now as it would be to sign him if they had traded him somewhere else and he spent the last half of the season somewhere else. Uh, there's really almost nothing to be gained here. I don't know what the Grizzlies are doing. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to win in any meaningful way. Evans is just around screwing up their draft pick. Yeah, it's yeah exactly it, it just keeps them winning but they wouldn't throw mark like you said they wouldn't throw marcus Gasol in any trade they are not seeing this as a rebuild uh that's got to be something coming from ownership right i mean that's got to be something just starting at the top where they're saying you know this is not who we are this is not what we're doing 
Which is Angus Angus Hall, I think so, and that makes sense, right? He's the face of the franchise, is beloved in Memphis in a, a certain way. Like he's big enough where the ownership thing. Like I get it. I don't necessarily agree with it. I, I'm not saying they had to trade him, but to not even talk to teams about deals and see what's out there and see if there's something that hey, it stinks to trade him, but maybe is worthwhile to kickstart a rebuild. But to not trade Evans is just ludicrous. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other uh, also not moving DeAndre Jordan that leaves the Clippers with. Look, they've got Lou Williams, they've got DeAndre Jordan, they add, you know, Tobias Harris to this roster. They've got a, I think, they look, they're now like, we're all in for the playoffs this year. I don't know if they can keep DeAndre. Uh, That Lou Williams contract, though, is completely tradable. I think they would want to keep Tobias Harris, so they might get to this rebuild thing more in the summer. But for now, they're going to try to grab the eight slot. Yeah, I'm not shocked that DeAndre Jordan didn't move for the reason you said, that they are competitive this year and once you extend Lou Williams it makes less sense to trade DeAndre Jordan uh, because I do think if you're venturing into cap space especially with the attitude players have now if you're LA and you're trying to get a marquee free agent you don't have a star already on the roster you might need two max slots to get somebody who who you really want to say hey you and insert other free agent here can team up and come here and so it's hard to take these half measures once you've extended Lou Williams uh, hanging on to DeAndre Jordan, who might opt in, who might be open to re-signing, it probably made more sense. Yeah. So what was the other, were there any other trades that really caught you off guard today? I mean, what else, like, what can we move on to that you're like, man, I did not see that one coming? Well, you know which one I thought was real interesting? That was uh, Alfred Payton going to the Magic yes. for a second round pick. Going to the Suns, and, and I, yes. What's that? Going to the Suns from the Magic for a second round oh, pick, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought I thought it was real good value for the Suns. Uh, Alfred Payton has shown flashes. He's not like Emmanuel Moutier, another player traded, who's just looked bad in his short NBA career. Yeah. Payton has shown real flashes of looking good. He just hasn't been able to su- sustain it. His shaky jump shot is a real issue. But there's some promise there. And to get such a cheap look at him for the rest of this season before he hits restricted free agency, excellent value. And then the Magic... I think you have to give them credit on this deal. It's not a deal you like to make. You'd want to get more for somebody. Uh, but this is a new regime. They didn't. They didn't pick Moody. Or they didn't pick Peyton. They inherited him. Uh, and to just say we're not going to re-sign him this summer. Let's get whatever we can. That's the right attitude when it comes down to it. It's the attitude Memphis should have had too. Exactly. And by the way, yeah, you put Peyton next to Devin Booker. They're looking for a point guard to go next to Booker and. I don't know. I'm I'm not as high on Peyton as as some. I but it's worth a shot. Again, for for a second round pick, I'll take a look. I'll I'll see what he gets. If it doesn't work out, I move on. I I go find a point guard in the draft or or wherever I can find one. But um, that's not the worst. Like you said, not the worst gamble of all time. But you mentioned Denver in there. That's another team f- trying to keep its playoff spot that made a few moves today at the deadline. Wilson Chandler, not one of those moves. Um, <laughs> But they did move every, um, you know, they did move Emmanuel Moutier, who's not only not played that well, but let's be honest, Jamal Murray's been great. Like it's been decided who who is the guy of the future there. So they kind of move on, but they don't move Kenneth Fareed. Did they make? I don't think they hurt themselves. I don't think they really dramatically helped themselves either. I think they helped themselves in the short term a little bit. Devin Harris is That's a true. better Devin player. Devin Harris right is now good. I, I should have I should have mentioned that. Yeah, Devin Harris comes to them in the three way deal. That's a good grab. That's a that's a good get. Yeah, I mean, they, the Nuggets to me are such a fascinating team because they're winning more than they have in years. Uh, really enjoy where they're at right now. 
but they're also trying to build to the, for the future because their franchise player, Nikola Jokic, is so young. Uh, their, their next most valuable player, Jamal Murray, is so young. So their window is just opening, but it's already cracking open in a meaningful way. So they're trying to maximize that. They're trying to build for the future. they got the luxury tax looming next offseason. I don't know if I love this trade for them, though. I, they've been good enough with Will Barton handling some some backup point guard minutes. And, yep. uh, you know, they don't they didn't need to move on from Moutier right now. Maybe his value would have only decreased. Uh, but he could also be useful in unloading Kenneth Fareed or Daryl Arthur or uh, or Wilson Chandler, a contract they might need to get off of next summer. I, I kind of would have rather waited to trade Moutier in one of those deals than to do it now. Yeah, by the way, Will Barton is somebody I, I don't want to see the minutes trimmed on much. He's been, I don't think he's sixth man of the year. That's obviously Lou Williams right now, but he's in the conversation for guy you could put lower on the ballot for sixth man of the year. Like he's been really yeah. good this year. Um, another, by the way, another interesting one. If you, you want to see Twitter explode, the uh, Derek Rose gets traded to Utah in, in the, the, the big three-way Cavs deal. They are going to waive him, as we mentioned before. Already reports out there that Tom Thibodeau wants him to to come to Minnesota. If you start giving Derrick Rose minutes over Tyus Jones, I don't even know what to say about that. That's a horrible idea. So, in fairness to the Timberwolves, uh, even if even if their report is exactly accurate that they really want Derrick Rose, maybe it's just as a third-string point guard. Hopefully. Like, that's not great either. But it doesn't deserve all the outrage of him playing over Tyus Jones yet. Yeah, maybe we should wait for him to actually play over Tyus Jones before we should complain about it. But I I see that potential there, and I think with Thibodeau and his love of veterans and love of guys he trusts, even though you know Doc Rivers does this too, right? He'll 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 get into guys and trust guys that he that are past when he should be trusting them too this much and. You end up to living be fair to him. Doc Rivers, though, that that was definitely a fair complaint. Maybe it's less true this year. Like I, I would agree. He's playing Wesley Johnson more again. He went with all these two-way players. He's kind of His hand was kind of forced, but he seems to embrace it now far more than he ever did. I would agree with that. I would I'd completely. Portland makes a trade. They move. Uh, it's, it's really just a salary cap move, right? They move Noah Vonley to Chicago for the rights to a guy not even in the league. That's about Portland saving some cash. Right, it gets them under the luxury tax line. But Noah Vonley is still very young, uh, still has some promise. I like this flyer a lot for the Bulls, especially because it seems Portland is also picking up a, a chunk of that salary. I don't know a, exactly how much of it's all the rest of the money he's due, and that's worth it for Portland because they don't have to pay uh, the additional luxury tax on that salary. They won't have to pay the tax at all. Uh, but for a player to take a flyer on, Vonley is excellent. Were you surprised Washington didn't jump in and do something? Because they struck me as one of those teams, Kostan, they're good, but they're just kind of on the fringes of the East, and would they make a move to go somewhere? I know they talked about DeAndre Jordan, and they talked about Tyreek Evans, but they didn't ever seem to get anywhere. Yeah, the problem is I don't know what they were going to give up. It made some sense, as they do every year, to trade their first-round pick to get off bad salary, somebody like Jason Smith, or maybe even in the right deal if they got real lucky, Jan Mahimi, or something like that. Uh, and get back somebody on a shorter-term shorter, sa- shorter term contract who's also better, could upgrade the team. Uh, but they just seem to have decided, uh, no, we're tired of being criticized for that. We're not going to trade our first-round pick. And once you take that off the table, then deals become much harder. Maybe even deals that you should make 
become become harder or you don't make it because you're too hesitant, you're afraid of looking bad again, even if it makes more sense this time. Uh, they had Kelly Oubre as a big chip, but he's so important to them. Yeah. A lot of their best lineups are with Kelly Oubre and Otto Porter on the floor together at forward. Uh, to lose that would have been losing a lot in the short term. And if you're trading Kelly Oubre, it's about the short term. So I, I'm just not sure they had the pieces to make a, a big deal today. No, but I, yeah, exactly. I, I know Gortat was put out on the market a little bit. Like, again, if you're the Clippers, you're not doing that because Gortat's got a couple years left and you're just, why am I taking on the extra salary? So it, it's a little bit of a mess. I, I think the Clippers, by the way, I, I think it's with the move with DeAndre Jordan, they just let him walk, right? I mean, they, they might try to keep him, but if he walks, it's not the end of the world for them. Uh, I mean, it depends what he commands. I am... I am probably it's a tight the most mar- it's going to be a tight market for centers too. Right. I am probably the most pe- pessimistic on on what he could draw and so uh the Clippers could leverage that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it depends, but there's not, I, he is the best center on the market especially since I we assume right that DeMarcus will resign uh, maybe a shorter deal, maybe not for the max, but he'll resign in New Orleans, right? I, I would think so. I mean, the Pelicans still need to keep him. They won't have cap space if they let him go, so they're backed into a corner. And because of the injury, I think enough other teams will be scared off. Uh, whether he can use what minimal leverage he still has to get a max deal, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but it's hard to see the best offer not coming from New Orleans. I, I don't even know if I'm New Orleans. I might be willing to go at or close to the max if I can keep the year short, if I can get a some sort of team option after three or something. Um, just because we don't know how he is going to bounce back, right? I mean, we we just don't know. I, I mean, on one hand, that's true, and he's get he's getting to be to the age where you know those additional years might be bad no matter what. On the other hand, like let's just say theoretically, you know, he's kind of in rough shape next year. Uh, takes some some time to play through it, and, and then and then is better in future years, well, you paid for one of those down years as he's still recovering from the injury, and you don't get the back-end years when maybe he's back to full strength. So you have to balance how long it's going to take him to get back uh, with where his aging curve is. That's all obviously very hard to predict. So maybe ideally for the Pelicans, rather than fewer years, you're looking to get lesser guarantees on those late years. Yeah, uh, two, guys we didn't, two teams and guys we didn't really talk about after this trade... We talked about not loving Emmanuel Moutier. He goes to the Knicks to go next to Frankie Frankie Nichols, Frank Niki Latina. I, um, I don't know that that's the worst gamble ever. I just don't not sure it's going to pan out. I, I like it a lot for the Knicks. I mean, if it's all you're giving up is Doug McDermott, yeah. like, I, I like it a lot because Frank Nielakina is not guaranteed to be a success. And the way he can defend multiple positions, they could maybe even work together well. Uh, so I, I think yeah. it's a good roll of the dice, it's such a good roll of the dice. Why did the Mavericks not just deal directly with the Nuggets? If the Nuggets were willing to deal Moutier in this trade with some second rounders involved, but, but primarily for Devin Harris? If I'm the Mavericks, I would have just done that myself. Yeah, exactly. Doug McDermott goes to Dallas. I don't. I'm not as down, I guess, on Doug as you, but I'd, I would much rather have Devin Harris straight up than I would than I would McDermott. Well, I mean, well, if you're the if you're the Mavericks, I would rather have Moutier and I'd rather have McDermott than Devin Harris because the Mavericks are rebuilding. Harris is, is aging, yeah. but but I'd rather have Moutier than than McDermott, even with having Dennis Smith Jr. I same thing with hedging bets. I'd rather have Moutier than McDermott, right? Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I don't know. I, I, 
I know what McDermott is. I just not sure. I don't sure Moutier's in the league in two years. And McDermott at least he might can, not be. And McDermott, hey man, can shoot can shoot the rock. So, um, I think we've covered a lot of the key ground here and gotten this up quickly. It's it it was an unexpected day. Let's put it that way, wouldn't you say? <laughs> it also sets up a really who do you who are you looking for when it gets to the buyouts now? Who Joe Johnson will be out there. Who else is out there that you're like, man, I want to see that guy. I want to see where he lands. Uh, I'm curious where Andrew Bogut goes uh, yeah, because I think he's about probably him. just washed up, but there seems to be a lot of noise that playoff teams are super interested. So I'm serious, curious to see whether uh, that actually comes to fruition. Yeah, that's one of those that's interesting. I don't. How much can he help a team? I mean, he really doesn't move that well. He doesn't do much that well. But if you're asking for a big body and a potential playoff series matchup to give you 10 or 15 a night in certain situations, you might be able to do that. 10 to 15 fouls? No, they're going to make him leave after six. <laughs> Is that how that works now? Is that the new yes. I thought I thought we were going to do something. I think that's the only thing you can get 10 to 15 of. <laughs> I said minutes, but... Uh, yeah. Oh, you said minutes. You said, yeah. ah, even then, I'm not sure he can handle so much. Yeah, we'll see. I I think, that, though, I like the idea. We'll just go to summer league foul rules in the playoffs. Just Everybody gets 10 before you're ejected. Foul outs are the worst. They should be eliminated. That is actually a great topic for another podcast because I'm kind of with you on that. That I don't mind saying if you get past six, there's a uh, there's an extra penalty, an extra free throw, something. But, you know, guys get to stay on the court. Cause especially when you get into some of the double overtimes and triple overtimes that we'll see coming up and have seen this season. I you've got to add something to that. You're just, you're just, I don't want to see the best players fouling out because they're just on the court more and they're picking up some. Yeah. Uh, let's do a whole podcast on foul outs because I have a lot more thoughts. Yeah. We'll save that for another day, but thanks for jumping in and talking about the, uh, the, a quick breakdown of everything that happened on the trade deadline. And, uh, well, man, it's Cleveland is back to being a team to watch, man. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, Dan, also, how long will it take them to get the new handshakes worked out in Cleveland? Because that, I mean, that's that's <laughs> they're going to need most of most of the All Star break to work that out, aren't they? I, yeah, I don't even know who's in charge of the handshakes in Cleveland. I mean, LeBron's in charge of everything, but if that was somebody else's idea, somebody's pushing. Maybe that guy's off the team now. Maybe that's just a thing of the past, like the uh, like the chalk toss that used to be so revered. Exactly. I'm I'm assuming I'm always assuming it's Kevin Love. He seems like he's got time in his hands. So we'll, we'll figure <laughs> it out. All right, Dan. Thanks for doing this. Everybody, where can everybody find you on Twitter? I'm at Dan Feldman NBA. All right, and thank you everybody for listening. We will be back next week with more Pro Basketball Talk podcast. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because <laughs> the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.